What is up? What is good? Episode 132. We are ready to rock. Josh is on my left. Hey, Sims yo. is on my right. Uh, and I'm excited for the pick show tomorrow uh, because you made over like $1,200 and <laughs> I made $600. Got that cash money. Yeah. But we're, what we're going to do from now on, just a little podcast note, from now on Mondays, right. we're going to see how much money we made. We're okay. going to we're gonna go review the games by checking how we did in the bets. Okay. People need to know if we're right or wrong. Okay. Because apparently Sims is on fire these days. And fuego. I hope people are making money off of you. I hope everyone's listening to your picks. I'm not. Uh, Just listen to my, I'm, I'm not tell, making money. I, I have a story of somebody yes. that made money, right. and I have a story that's going to come a little bit later. Okay. We are going to have a lot on this episode. I mean, the, the fan interaction is on fire. And fuego! We have a new segment called Fill in Time with the one and only uh, Phil Sims. We're calling him up. And we're just going to let the old man rant. I hope everybody's ready for a three-hour podcast. That's that's how Jeez. I feel. I have a go. lot of papers. He's ready. He's wearing his sweatpants to work Wearing today. sweatpants. All right, it's episode 132. Sims, what 32s do you have? Oh, gosh, so many 32s. We talked about this is a big number. Marcus Allen, Jim Brown, uh, OJ Simpson. Um, yes. What other 32s am I missing? Ricky Waters. You're naming um, some good ones. I know. Hold on. I'm still missing some other ones. Uh, you know, what's his name? Edgar. I mean, the Edgar, Edgar. And James. Edgar, Edgar Allen James. James. <laughs> Edgar yeah. and James, 32. Josh, who's your 32? I think you guys are forgetting about Peter Kiss, oh. a sophomore on the Rutgers basketball team, of transferred course. in from Quinnipiac this offseason. Oh. Not going to play this year, yep. but got to give a shout out to my Those boy Quinnia Peter Kiss. Those Quinnipiac transfers. You better well, watch out. I, he was all MAAC as a freshman. So I, I hear he can touch the backboard, but he, <laughs> he doesn't lay up. Yeah, he can. You guys uh, think this is a joke? Stop. <laughs> Running backs right now that are wearing 32. Uh, Jeremy Hill, Andy Janovich, Spencer Ware, Brandon Oliver, Kenyon Drake, Chris Carson, looking pretty good. Yep. Jaquiz Rogers and Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, defensive backs currently. Jalen Collins, who's still suspended. Eric Weddle, Orlando Skandrick, Tavon Wilson, TJ Green, Devin McCourty, Kenny Vaccaro, Russell Douglas, and Tyron Matthew, the huh. honey badger. Him and Devin McCourty. That's not actually a great... It's not a great current, current crop 32s. of 32. Yes, yes. All-time 32 defensive backs. Yes. Michael Lewis, former safety of the Eagles, Jack Tatum, and Dre Bly. Yeah, Jack Tatum's where I went right away. A lot of running backs. Yeah. Here's how I broke them down. Here are the really good running backs that are not Hall of Famers. Jamal Anderson, mm-hmm. Ricky Waters, mm. Maurice Jones-Drew, yeah. and Rudy Johnson was a hell of a running back for the Bengals. Here are the running backs that Sims knows. Otis Anderson from the Giants. Cedric Benson. 24 with the Giants, though. 32 with the Cardinals. Gotcha. Cedric Benson. Said B, baby. Play with him at Texas. And uh, the biggest biceps in the history of the game. Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman. Yes. Uh, Randoms that Lefko loves. Kijana Carter. (laughs) Toby Gerhardt. Jarius Norwood had a few good runs with the Falcons. Antoine Smith and Ontario Smith, the reason why as a child I knew what a Wizenator was. I think we missed one other one, the Kurt Warner. 
number 32, they're running back oh, for the, the other Seahawks. 32. Yes, right. Uh, and then the 32 is the greatest ones. Yeah. I wanted you to tell me the order of these five. Okay. You name most of them. Right. OJ, Edgerin James, Jim Brown, Marcus Allen, Franco Harris. Oh. So Jim Brown's one. Yes. Who's two? I'm going to go with Marcus Allen, two. Three. Um, you said him at Franco Harris, three. Franco Harris, and then you have Edge and um, OJ left. Well, man. I got to put OJ ahead of him, even though I don't like OJ the person. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I'm going to football put, only. He was he was a baller on the field. He probably deserves to be actually n- number two on that list. Actually, yeah, that's yeah. just you being like, well, well I'm going to knock you down a few spots. Pretty sure it. you probably murdered somebody. Killed. Probably, <laughs> allegedly. I said pretty should. Sure. Reportedly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if the glove don't fit, uh, make your hand wider and make it look like it doesn't fit. Uh, just some quick <laughs> NBA guys because 32 is big. Magic Johnson, Carl oh, Malone, yes. Bill Walton, Man. Kevin McHale, Billy Cunningham, Blake Griffin currently. Gosh, that's some good now ones. There's, there's so many more. Man. Uh, all right. So one thing that we started last week that I really, really loved and people apparently loved was the Sims and Lefko Constitution. <laughs> we have our big statements, and I want to give a huge shout-out to Lido Quirky, uh, who wrote our amendments, and they were hilarious. Uh, I went back on Twitter, and I hit him up in the DMs, and I said, I need you to write, and Fentrick got to see him, right. too. Right, and he's on vacation right now. We, he's working while he's on vacation for this podcast. He's out in Red Rocks, great. and he was, Ooh, he was, you good know, spot. He, he was enjoying Red Rocks, and he's like, don't worry, bros, I'll still write So him. you were in Denver getting high as you were extra high in Red Rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Allegedly. 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 Reportedly. Uh, as a reminder to if everyone. the blood doesn't fit. Uh, the, uh, you need to slow down because <laughs> none of this podcast is going to work if you keep talking like this. Um, the amendments that we have some f- so far, number one, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. Ratified. Number, number two, Kyle Shanahan is our favorite coach in the NFL. Ratified. Number three, beans, not beef. Right. Uh, before I get to the new amendments, I just want to do a quick iTunes comments. This is from Coleman I, the best sports podcast. I listen to the podcast, and I must say, Chris, Adam, and Josh are a great team. No BS. Uh, and forget stick to sports. I like that you guys do everything. My only question, how about some beans, not beef t-shirts? Beans not beef for life. Yeah, I like that. Would people buy those T-shirts? BNB. I know you'd wear one around the city. I would. We can make it cool, like BNB with like the Bleacher Report type logo. Look. Right. That I think we work. could sell like four of them. I'm just picturing Sims walking into Chipotle with his BNB shirt on, yeah. and they're like, "What do you want?" Trend He's like, center. "Look at the shirt." <laughs> All right. So last time we did ratify three new. Uh, uh, amendments, right? And we had to get Lido to write them in in his voice because right. he is our official Constitution writer. He is our John Adams. So let me get that music. Any day now, any day now, Josh. I know you haven't produced All right, anything. Nick, let me get this music, baby. Okay. Article two, section four. To the coaches, ask not what your players can do for you, but what you can do for your players yes when you depend too much on talent and scheme like a 13 year old playing madden you're not going to be in this league very long (laughs) looking at you lane kiffin (laughs) article 2 section 5 that was amazing just let me say good that was article 2 section 5 Sims has such an over-the-top obsession with legs and ass that even after coming up with four over-the-top examples of how much he loves leg and ass, producer Josh and Lefko continue to tell me we need more 
Obsession. <laughs> you love legs in this. I do. And Article 2, Section 6. While most other outlets will be focused on the bullshit drama between the media, ownership, and what's best for us whiny fans, Sims and Lefko promise to always attempt to see and speak of things from the player's perspective. No longer shall listeners be inundated with stats that don't matter like we're fucking baseball. We will attempt to highlight stats that actually matter to a player and team's growth while trying to educate listeners and show them how to be better fans. Furthermore, we will speak of players like human beings and not like they are just players on a goddamn chessboard. <laughs> and those are your three new Constitution Amendments. Bravo Man. to Lido. Lido really Quirky, it keeping it going. Uh, and we could have more work for Lido as we have a number of new submissions. Here's how the that process works. That was amazing. Works. Amendment 4 is my favorite. I, I, mean, I want you, amazing. I want you to know that uh, he sent in like six options for leg and ass. Right. And I was like, none of these are going to get passed. I mean, they were Frederick. out of control. The first ones he sent were out of control. Yeah. <laughs> Props to Lido, though. They're hilarious. Thanks, Lido. Uh, Lido, we got some more for you. Possibly. Here's how it works. I will read it. Sims and I will vote if it gets passed. Now, Fendrick is the third one, just in case there is a tie, and Fendrick will play the ceremonial music, so Nick, have his music potted up, uh, if indeed it does get ratified. Uh, first one, this is from I Showtime. J.J. Watt is the corniest motherfucker in the NFL. Does that go into our Constitution, Sims? I'm going to say nay. I'm going to say nay, too. Yes. Russell Wilson comes to mind. There's just a lot of other There's people. There's a lot of corniness. There I is. Go I no mean, where we also. agree with the statement, but I don't think it's amendment worthy. I Showtime, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Philip Cook. Guys, you have to add pigeon toad to the Constitution. Aha! I think that might be a Constitution. Yes. For, it was a yay for me all the way. It was way. a yay. Yes. You know what that means, boys. It does. <laughs> Oh, Nick, where's Nick, my volume? Nick, we need the volume again. <laughs> hey! Hey! All right, we'll have it better on the if next you one. you got a pigeon toad, you're a good athlete. All right, so Lito, that one is going to be, if you're a pigeon toad, uh, you means you're a, probably going to be a good athlete. Yes, sir. We have stood by that. We always say it. Uh, Michael Jordan, Ed I mean, Reed. Derek Jeter, it doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers, you go through the list. It's, it's phenomenal. All right, this guy, Neil. By the way, congratulations, Philip Cook. This guy, Neil, submits... The pigskin giveth, the pigskin taketh away. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I like it. It's funny, but I'm going to say nay. I'm going to say nay. I don't know if we've ever said that. But this guy, Neil, it's accurate. Yes. It's just not in our constitution. Right. <laughs> All right, next one. Your Meow Jesties, and this one was also submitted by Anthony A. 53 Phil Sims belongs in the Hall of Fame. Oof. It, I mean, I agree. Man, I don't know if I can... Make it a part of our amendment as far as... Really? Well, I feel like it's selfish of me. That's why. So are you going to say yay or nay? Gosh, I The don't framers know. of the Constitution were very selfish. Time out. Do you, give me your true feeling. My true feeling is I'm going to say that it's a nay for the podcast. I'm going to go a yay. You are? I am. Okay. Because I think that for the longest time we've heard the soundbite of my dad, Phil Sims... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, if Kurt Warner's in, I think your dad should be in, and I think it should be part of our amendment. All right. Josh Tie is the tiebreaker. And I'm going to let the music speak louder than my words, guys. And there it is. <laughs> and there it is. And there it is. Phil Sims should be in the Hall of Fame is now officially an amendment 
I know Cinco. He'll be happy. He'll be happy about that. Can we'll we, we can tell him. Can we tell him and act like it's a big deal? Yeah, like it's something he should no, be really it, excited it about. It is a big deal. It's a part of our Constitution. <laughs> All right, so we've got two in there. Wow. All right, this one. Uh, this is submitted also by Your Meow Jesties. Only players and coaches belong in the Hall of Fame, not rich white owners. Oh, yes, sir. Yay. I'm going to go no. You're going to go no? I'm going to go no because I think that there's some owners that should be in the Hall of Fame. What? Like, I, I do think that there are some owners that are going to be changing the game a lot. I don't know if they should be taking the spots of players, like of the six spots. Well, they don't, right? Oh, they don't. I, I don't but think I so think I that eventually, like, some of these owners should be in, like, the good ones. Well, all right. This is where I just let me have my two cents here before you make your final decision. Yeah, okay? go ahead. I mean, again. We're talking about billionaires who want to make the game better for really their own benefit most of the time so they can increase their billions off the field. I mean, oh, wow, yeah, we'll put you in the Hall of Fame for contributing to your overall wealthiness. Thank you, you rich, selfish, white bastard. Thank you. Okay, so that's Sims. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna nay this as well. Yeah, because no, 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 you just oh, got nay. Yeah, <laughs> I did not side with you shit. because I don't think that owners should be punished if there is a good owner that's out there. It should be on the people that vote to only put the good owners in. I think all the good owners are dead. Okay, that's what wow. I think. But they what about are. the future? Bob Kraft. Uh, he's a great owner. I don't want to see him in. The, no, I don't want to see him in the Hall of Fame. I think like if you want to take the original members, yes, uh, like people like Namara, like Art Rooney, Wellington Mara, Art Rooney, yes, because they founded football and they got this machine to what it is now. But and now you're saying it's easy to be an owner. I, I do. Yes, it's the first time we've really disagreed on the Constitu- Constitution. Constitution. And now you're going to make fun of me. Ah, <laughs> uh, this one's right down Sims's alley. Perfect. Christopher Mayer, owner. <laughs> He's talking to me. Owners are greedy fuckers who don't care enough about their product. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Sims? The other day. <laughs> I I do I'm, like. I'm it, going nay. I got to go nay okay, too. Yeah. I know it's not part of our podcast. Right. Uh, and then they this are is, some greedy. This is from the Jasco. Turf is bad for NFL players' knees. I I actually would just want to yeah, – I mean, we don't even have to say knees. We could just say bad in general. I actually think if we're the players' podcast, that should be a yay. That Then what should you? What else do you want to add to that? Uh, that they should only play on natural grass? Yes. Yes. I would like to say, yes, something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, I'll say my blanket statement. I mean, a lot of professional athletes around the world that aren't involved in NFL football, Messi, Ronaldo, that's in their contracts not to play on that type of surface. And it goes back to the owners, again, who want this surface so they can make more money when their team's not playing. And they can go, oh, we can have Taylor Swift as a concert. I can have a college football game. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Right. Oh, so great. I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. You sold me on If We're the Players podcast, and you know what that means. Oh, you know what that means. That means. We like grass. On. Congratulations, the Jasco. NFL players should all play on grass to protect their knees. Man, and heads, not, everything. And to not subject them because Taylor Swift wants to trot out at midfield for a halftime show. Yes. Wow. Very well done. So three new submissions to the Constitution, new amendments. Pigeon Toad has been added to the Constitution. Yep. Phil Sims belongs in the Hall of Fame, and turf shall be removed, and players should play on natural gra- grass. Lido, Lido Quirky, go to work! Congratulations, dude! You're back on the job. Way to go, Lido! Where's he on vacation at? Did he say he was Lito? in Red Rocks? Oh, yeah, that's right. Duh. 
Okay, so uh, one of the big stories that came out, speaking of concerts, uh, it's a thing that happened last year. Last year, Adele was asked to perform on the Super Bowl, and that she was told, she said no, and then it became Lady Gaga, and then it came out that Jay-Z was asked, which mm. is a really interesting, I don't remember the last time we had hip-hop. Uh. I, I know we had Nelly as part of that, like, MTV, like, everyone right. went out there. Right. But I don't remember the last time we really had hip-hop. Apparently, NBC Jay-Z- would be the one to do it. Oh, you think? Because CBS is not going to of course And not. it's on NBC this right. year. Right, it is. I, did, I totally forgot that. Jay-Z apparently turned it down. Uh, and then also, part of this is it came out that at his concert on Friday at the Meadows in New York, he dedicated a song to Colin Kaepernick. And a lot of people were wondering, hmm, was it because of that? A lot of people also said he should have done this and then brought Colin Kaepernick out there during his performance, which to you said, ain't no way that the NFL was going to allow that to happen. I won't think they'll let him in the said, building. Make him a backup dancer, and then out of nowhere, Colin Kaepernick. That, would, that he might have been able to sneak and him Jay-Z in there. And Jay Z, everybody, I got the quarterback that you need on your team. And Colin Kaepernick, people are like, oh, this is really awkward. <laughs> and then everybody turns the TV off and doesn't watch the second half of the Super Bowl. The reason that I know he said that thing about Kaepernick is I was at that concert on Friday. Yes, and I haven't told you this story yet because right. I wanted to save it for the podcast. So let me tell you the story of what happened with me Friday night and Jay Z. My girlfriend is the biggest Jay-Z fan that I've ever met. My girlfriend knows every lyric. When a song comes out, she goes, that's funny. He actually took that from the Reasonable Doubt song, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll hear an interview later, and he'll say that, and she'll go, I know what I'm talking about. Like, she's that big of a fan. Right. So I knew that if I wasn't going to take her to Jay-Z this year, I was in trouble. Like, yeah. that was a big thing. Right. A few months ago, she bought a pink a pink Rockefeller jacket at a pop-up shop, and she was waiting for the right time to wear it. It said, reasonable doubt on it. It's like a collector's item. So she's wearing it to the concert. We go. We're having a great time. We're, um, yeah, get the audio ready so I can play some stuff. But uh, she's wearing it tied around their waist. Shout out to my friend Brad. Hooked us up. Taco Cup for life. If you're at a festival, you see Taco Cup, buy it. Brad hooked us up to get in. What up, Brad? We go there, and we time it out perfectly. We're getting drinks at the right time so that it's going to be perfect for Jay. I didn't care about the Migos. I didn't care. I only We only wanted to see Jay-Z. Yes. We start moving up through the crowd, and she's leading the way. Usually I plow through, but she's the one that's, like, knifing back and forth. And I'm the guy like, oh, sorry, got to follow, excuse me. Uh-uh. And, like, we eventually get to the point where we can't go any further, but she's still slicing through the crowd. And I'm, guys are now looking at me like, right. bro, yeah. bro. So I'm surrounded by all these guys that are like, Yo, we've been sitting here for an hour, and your girl just, but we're not going to argue with your girl. And I was right. like, I know, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Jay-Z starts. Fantastic. We're we're feeling really good. The energy is great. He's bopping. He's playing all the songs. Me and her are, are singing together. There's one part where she looks at me and she goes, Adam, you got 99 problem, but uh, ain't one. I was like, I know. And it's like so great. We're having great relationship time. <laughs> About halfway through the show, he's singing and he starts walking over. And for some reason, I take off my girlfriend's jacket and I decide to hold it straight up in the air so he can see the logo. Yeah. While he's rapping, he laughs and points at me. 
and starts rapping at me and my girlfriend. Like he's like, aha, and he starts doing the song and we're like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like Jay-Z just pointed at us. Like this is amazing. He saw the jacket. Right. Everyone around is like, dude, that. like all the people that hated me were like, oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> 15 minutes later, he's getting ready to go into the rock, like the black album, which is rock and all that stuff. Yeah. And the man literally went like this. Not in the front, but where that guy got the tight weight. Where's the guy with the pink Rockefeller shirt? Because I know he. There you go. Okay, take your little section, make a like, nice little circle over there. I'll come back to see what y'all did. He said. The man with the tight pink Rockefeller jacket make a circle around him. When I tell you that me and my girlfriend thought we became Illuminati, <laughs> like we thought in that moment, people were making a circle around us like, back away, right. back away. They're going to beam down a light and they're going to bring him up with Beyonce <laughs> and they're going to become the ultimate couple that Jay-Z loves. People were freaking out. They were like, give them room. It was ridiculous, okay? We're, my girlfriend's fixing her hair. We think we're going on stage. We have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. While this is going on, Actually, hold on. so this is what he said. He said, make a circle around them. But then we didn't hear at the end, he said this. I'll come back and see what y'all did. Yeah. I want y'all to fuck them up, okay? We didn't hear, we want y'all to fuck them up. Apparently, Jay-Z wanted us to start a mosh pit. I'm a grown man with a girlfriend. I'm not starting a mosh pit, Jay. Right. So he goes to the other side and he comes back. We go check on Pink Rockefeller, then we gonna be right back. <laughs> I'm having a, a moment. Pink Rockefeller, you ain't do shit. <laughs> you know what? Fuck that. And he goes in, and but we were so blown away at everything that happened. And you know what song he played next? What? I got 99 problems, but ain't one. <laughs> yes. And my girlfriend looked at me, and she was. It was. It was amazing. It was incredible. So he the, wanted you to mosh pit though, even before the music started. Like he wanted to get it going. He was like, he was like, get a circle ready to mosh to 99 problems. I was like, Jay, you need to know your audience better, because I'm not. You just thought because I was the white guy holding up a pink jacket that it was mosh pit time. <laughs> That's not how this works. The rest of the night, dude. Right. Dozens of people. Can I take a picture with you? That was incredible. Oh my God. What was that? That was amazing. Insane. That's amazing. That's man. what happened on Friday night. That's really cool. It really is. The, and, ne the whole next day, we were sitting there being like, So do you think Jay and Bay want to go out for brunch? Like, what? You want to hit them up? <laughs> do you think they listen to the Sims of Love Go podcast? Oh my Probably gosh. not. That's really maybe. cool. And Wasn't that's cool that amazing? That you became Pink Jacket Guy at the, at the so concert. So it's now hanging in my apartment, and yeah. the name of that jacket is Pink Rockefeller. Yeah. And we're curious that if we go to the con he's go about to go on tour. Right. If I hold it up at the concert, is he like, man, pick Rockefeller, you're <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Dude, how awesome is that? That is awesome. I'm I wanted glad to share you saved that. that for the podcast. Between that and 50 Cent in the last like In the two last month, or whatever. we've interacted with Jay-Z and 50 Cent. I'm telling you, I think me and my girlfriend have become Illuminati. Yeah. I think we're almost there. Well, it's, it's good karma you're putting into the world, and it's Ooh. coming back your way. I thought yeah, you'd appreciate that's that. Really that's cool. why I didn't want to tell you. I wouldn't have here. been worried about your girlfriend in the mosh pit. I would have been worried about you. She'd 100%. have been all right. Oh, she would have been. She'd have been bowling people over. You would have been like, eh, it's a little too much physical I would contact. Have been, I would have been like, I'll sit back here and announce it. Oh, and a left and a right, and she's down. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have been good. All right, so um, 
because we just did the Constitution and all that stuff, I really thought it was funny to look back at Monday night and go, was there any game more representative of our opinions on this podcast yep. than the Lions-Giants game on Monday night yeah. where the bad offensive line, the Giants, and the bad offensive play calling of Ben McAdoo right. got beaten by a more athletic top three quarterback in Matt Stafford and an unheralded Terrell Austin defense. Yes. To me, I watched that game and I was watching it with Josh and I was like, this is it. This is the podcast in a game. It really but is. In the interest of self-scouting, we should acknowledge how high this podcast was on the Giants prior to the season. I do think we need to say and, that as and well. And I appreciate oh, you that for yes. self-scouting. But we always said that we thought the defense would make up for how bad the yes. line, the offensive play calling yeah. was. And the defense was good. Yes. But the man, defense that was li- amazing. man, that line is bad. Yeah, the lines are, I mean, again, I, that was the first thing you texted me, right? After that first drive when Stafford made some plays and whatever yes. else, you just wrote you wrote top three to me and text yes. that. So uh, it was. I feel like we are changing that conversation a little bit and people are starting to realize. And, of course, Gruden's. Gruden waxed poetically about him as well. He did. So uh, that was good. The Giants thing, hey, listen, if I was going to self-scout myself too, I would say I did think the O-line would be a little better. I really did. I, I'm, I am one to tell you right now, I was hopeful for Eric Flowers. I am kind of giving up hope. I, there's no doubt about it. They need to do something. They might have to put your boy at left tackle and make him Justin right. Pierre. Yeah, which is not great for your not buddy. Not good for him at all. No, maybe they need to just put DJ Fluker at right tackle. Maybe they need to bench Eric Flowers altogether. because. Man. It's it's bad up here right now. It is bad. I mean, it's all anybody's talking about, and the technique issues again. They're still there, which just lends me to believe that yeah, he can't carry it over to the field. There's there's issues. In there. terms of offense, the Giants have not scored thirty points in a game under McAdoo ever. Uh, also, McAdoo right now is considering giving up playing du- play calling duties. I just thought the funny thing was Pro Football Focus was grading all the players, and Manning got a pretty good grade, and they said it really wasn't his fault. And I'm like, how can you watch a game where Matt Stafford is extending plays, and he's under pressure too, and creating all this stuff, and I'm watching Manning fall down, and no one's touched. He's just not giving you anything. No, he doesn't give you anything. Right. I mean, Ezekiel Anza, what, touched his toe the one time, and he fell down, right? Uh, so so I'm not going to sit here and blame Eli Manning. Where my issue with pro football focus is that, though, exactly. There's no grading for things that are off the scale, right? Uh, you know, uh, like let's just take, for instance, a safety, right? A free safety who's in the middle of the field, 30, 30, 30 yards down the field, and he does his job. At the end of the day, they're going to go, well, he was the PFF, you know, 10th best safety of the week. Right. But meanwhile, there's other safeties in football. Let's just say a Cam Chancellor or somebody else who are asked to be doing things that that other free safety that graded out well can't even dream of doing. And now Cam Chancellor gets beat by a tight end or, you know, messes up in the hole because he's taken on like a 320-pound guard yeah. and he loses that battle and they downgrade him. And that is where it's wrong. That's where it's flawed because it's not taking into account what one is being asked to do as the other. Yes. And you're right. With Stafford and Eli Manning, it's the same thing. I wanted, uh, One thing that what I noticed— was, What was Stafford's grade? I have to, probably that, unbelievable. Yeah, I have okay. to look it up. I don't, I don't really care about their grades. I yeah. just thought that was funny. Yes. Uh, I will say, though, the one thing I noticed from the national media is it's all about crapping on the Giants, and I'm still not seeing love for the Lions. Mm-hmm. Props to the Lions, who actually rushed for more yards than through. 138 to 122. I've never seen the Lions no. do that in a very long time. And, I told and you they, last were, week. They, they really focused on keeping they the They did, going. and I told you last week it was close. Remember I said that in the yes. Arizona game. It was very close to breaking. Ricky Wagner... Uh, 
uh, and their guy, you know, uh, TJ Lang on the right side, that's legit. And if you think about Amir Abdullah's big runs, it was along that side. And I think it was really showing Giants didn't do anything for their offensive line this offseason. Lions did, and right. it paid dividends. Yes. We do have an iTunes comment from Blunt Force Trauma who says that not only does he get great football analysis, but my family thinks it's crazy I get nutrition wisdom from a football podcast. Beans not beef, bro. Beans not brief. But he goes on to say, I know it's early, but my Lions defense seems to be flying around noticeably faster, has some Baltimore flavor to it. If this defense proves legit, what is the ceiling for my team? Uh... Really, in the NFC? He loves what your guy Quinn has done with the roster. Quinn has done amazing things with Bob the roster. Bob Quinn, GM. Bob Quinn, who was you know one of my bosses up there in New England. I yeah. was certainly bitch boy, and I was one of his there for sure. He is. He's got a great feel. He's got a process. Can they win the North? They can win the North. The North is, is good. Uh, they can win the NFC. I mean, who, who in the NFC are we going to sit here other than Atlanta and yeah, just go... Them. Right. So it, it, the, the, the NFC is up for grabs, in my opinion. I think Atlanta has... St- uh, shown that it's a little bit head and shoulders above everybody else until proven otherwise. Yeah, uh, and then the rest is it's a mosh pit. But yeah, I mean, are you kidding me? I think Detroit can beat Dallas. That Dallas secondary against Matt Stafford and those yes. guys, and then they have the size to slow down that run game. So they match up. They well do with them. match up with everyone. Yeah. The one story that I thought was going to be a big deal right. was Odell pushing Jared Davis into the concussion, and I haven't seen that anywhere. Right. I just thought. Odell Beckham pushing someone in the back, they get concussed. I was like, this is front page New York. I'm glad they didn't make a big deal about it. I thought the refs in that game were horrible to the Detroit Lions. I mean, horrible. You did text me. That That play, the theoretic long screen play where the Giants defender held uh, held T.J. Lang and they called it on T.J. Lang. And then Matt Stafford got hit like five steps after he threw a bomb down the left sideline. Like... If that was Brady or Manning, they would have thrown nine flags. You would have seen. He did get drilled really. Holy late. cow! It was. I mean, you know, even Gruden, who's like anti-flag anything, was like, "Wow, that's unbelievable." He got away with that. Uh, speaking of Odell Beckham, uh, there was an article that came out that made me laugh and think of you immediately. That Odell Beckham was a legit soccer prodigy. Now, granted, this quote is from his twelve-year-old soccer coach. He would have been a great. He would have been a good soccer player for the U.S. for a long time. He wouldn't have just come in and had a good spell. He would have been one of the best soccer players the U.S. has ever produced. Of course. I mean, again, how deep can I go into this subject anymore? I mean, listen, that's the flaw with soccer, period. Uh, I have to disagree. This is from MDB Giants. I have to disagree with your take about football athletes becoming great soccer players. As a fan of both sports... Uh, football is predicated more on athleticism than soccer is. The best soccer players are not great athletes with a few exceptions. On the contrary, they're usually skinny and pretty standard. Football is about speed and strength. Soccer is more about technique, vision, and quick thinking. Soccer stills are developed within a certain culture from the time you're born. That's why Brazil and Argentina, without any infrastructure or great athletes, still develop the best players in the world. Right, he's right. You're but saying, but then if you, you had that athlete, infrastructure yeah. with Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, Tyree Kill, yes, um, and who else do we want to put in that list? Todd Gurley. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott. It's Are you funny. Me? It's funny. His other question is: Is it time for the Giants to move on from Eli? Uh, well, uh, yes. I mean, it, what, listen, they they're trying to move on from Eli. I mean, we we've talked about this. I know that they tried to get. They wanted Patrick Mahomes in this past draft. That that was the guy they wanted. Um, so. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I think that's in the process. Eli's, I, I'm going to say this year, maybe next year as well. But also, t- in his defense, this offense stinks. We know yes. that. There's no offensive line. Ben McAdoo got hired because of stats on a 6-10 and 10 season in 2015. Right. 
stats, a lot of which are garbage and, and time. Eli liked working with. And him. here we go, right? And and well, and what would what Eli? I mean, you know, we we don't know Whatever either way, means. right? But but I mean, again, here, look at look at what we're talking about. I mean, this is why Ben McAdoo got got, got hired, and I just don't understand why. And Ben McAdoo was seen as a good offensive play caller. Why? Not only because of that season, but why? Really? Odell Beckham? No, because of our other, for our First Amendment. Because he coached Aaron Rodgers, and people were like, whoa, that offense is kind of good. He mm. must know things. And no, that offense sucks too. It's just Aaron Rodgers. One thing I want to say about soccer is I got hit up on Instagram uh, by my man Liam Horsley, who said, do you realize that England has a different iTunes, and that we've been leaving five-star reviews for you, and you can't see them? And I yeah. said, get the hell out of here. He took pictures of every single comment, and he sent them to me. I'm not going to go through all of them right now, but just know, UK fan base, because I read some of them. They're awesome. You guys are great. Right. We will get to them eventually. I just wanted to read one of them, and this one is from Priestley180. Hello, UK-based listener. I want to do it in English. Hello, UK-based listener. I have been for about six, oh, uh, for about six months. was looking for some football-related podcast to help pass the time. This is so offensive. I love Lefko's Philly Draw, Sims' Straight Talking, all that stuff. Do you think we will ever get a British-born quarterback to win the Super Bowl? What do you think? Well, I mean, it, 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 you need to get a team there first. And I think if you get a team there, and then you can maybe change the culture of the young kids growing yeah. up to go, hmm, this football thing's kind of cool. Yes, certainly, I do. He then goes on to say, by the way, I'm also the offspring of a famous thrower. Unlike Sims, my dad isn't a Super Bowl MVP, but is a former twice world darts champion. Look him up, Dennis Priestley. Peace out, homies. I looked him up. Yes. He's won two world championships. He's a baller, and his nickname was The Menace. See? And he wears a striped red and black shirt for like Dennis The Menace. Hey, the Priestley family, I would like to have a throw-off between the Sims and the Priestleys. Father and son, <laughs> we're going to have a darts I don't football. like our chances. No, but you're in trouble. The, uh, the, the Menace family there? The Menace family? Hey, you, Priestley. Priestley, sorry. But it, call it, the Menace family. Okay. <laughs> but, oh, the Menace uh, was so his father. So we're going to get to all the UK but, yeah, hey, the, maybe your kids can be the uh, first English quarterback. Uh, speaking of fathers, it's time. Uh, pot up that audio, Nick, because we're going to call Big Phil Sims for a little segment that we're going to call Phil in Time. If he picks up, I have no idea what's going to happen. So we're going to see. He'll be ready to go. You think so? I think so. He's okay. sitting there. He's not, he's not that busy. All right. Should I prank him? Hello. Hello. This is Movie Phone. For one, press Brown-Eyed Girl. For two, Inception. Are you there? Is this a joke? Yes, it is a joke. <laughs> hey, Big <laughs> Phil, how are you, sir? You know, I was going to say, some bitch, I'm going to hang this thing up. <laughs> but you know what? You, you kind of knew it was us, right? Uh, I wasn't sure. That was pretty uh, good. Man, that was pretty good. That was the first movie phone uh, roto call I'd had, though, so I wasn't sure. Man, you you and Tony Romo can just predict the future. Apparently, you can just see everything. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Man, here we go I, at all. it's dude. It's so funny because I know that you guys can all predict <laughs> plays, but it's been funny to watch that become a thing these last two weeks. Well, whatever. I, I don't know. If that's good. If it's good, it's good. You know, I was at the Giant game Monday night, and I sat in the stands, and all the people sitting around me thought I was a genius. Oh, really? Go, oh, yep, they're going to blitz. Oh, how do you know they're going to blitz? Well, I just don't know. That's amazing. This guy's got one-on-one. Really? How do you know? I don't know. So it's great. It's great. I've only watched a million hours of football in my life. And it's, here's the other thing, too. And I was, you know how ex-players are. I was coaching in the stands. 
So man, I had I had all the the fans around me yelling at the coaches, call a timeout, Marty. <laughs> you know, so and then after I explained to them why, they go, "Well, Jake Coach," and you know, I can't even tell you what they were yelling at the oh, coach. Well, and then tell them, tell them, I know you you were sitting, you were waxing poetically about Matt Stafford too, right? And people were. Oh, you know, here's they, my favorite, my yeah. favorite, a guy sitting next to me, big football fan, watching. Oh, watch my football. He goes, "Wow, this Matt Stafford. I've never seen him look this good." And I went, Man. well, then you haven't been watching for the last five years. <laughs> and he goes, well, what do you mean? He kind of, I go, because this is like a, a subpar game for him. Usually he's, you know, doing this and that. And he's been running around like this for years, but he plays in Detroit mm. and, you know, gets, nobody knows, nobody cares. And I don't know about you, but I can't believe he got that contract. Oh, that's, <laughs> really? That's another one of my favorites. You thought so, that, you thought that was a little hefty? Away, What's that? You thought that was a hefty contract for Matt? No, he's being sarcastic. I thought it was oh. right. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, believe that, me. Dad, dad's going. They, dad's point is that the the coaches up there should give him part of their salary because oh, yeah, he's sure. he's saved hey, he everybody saved jobs. Right. He kept. Hey, look. He played what he did at the end, last year, and playing with that hurt hand or finger oh. or whatever it is, and still throwing the football. And the way he has played, it's it's been awesome. But you know, again. The world doesn't care. You got to win a Super Bowl. You got to have a great postseason game or run or whatever before you ever get noticed. But this guy, Matthew Stafford, is one of my biggest pet peeves of the NFL. He is truly a star and one of the better players in the league that gets zero credit. I could tell that Chris prepared you for this. The whole idea for this segment called Fill in Time came out with that myself. <laughs> is is I know you don't get as much time to talk anymore, so I know there's some things that you want to get off your chest and I'm curious, what do you want to talk about right now football wise? Well no, I get lots of time to take, you know, to get things off my chest. That's what's good about all the stuff I do. I made a big rant this week. I think it's gonna be out on CBS, they put out these videos once a week now. I do. Oh, and it's like Trevor Simeon. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, Trevor Simeon, all of a sudden, I, I after he played, I guess it was week one, or no, even after he beat the Dallas Cowboys commentators, well, you know, if you run the ball well and play good defense, he's serviceable and he's okay. Well, man, you know, in other words, you're saying he stinks and whatever, and he's only getting this done because he's on that team. And if you watched him last year, he never got the credit he deserved for playing behind a really bad offensive line, taking major hits every game, throwing under pressure, and he did well throwing under pressure, and he can make all the throws. He's an aggressive decision maker. He's not checked down Charlie. And the biggest thing of all, he's accurate, throws the ball. He throws a perfect spiral almost every single throw. And why do I say all this, guys, Adam, yeah. Christopher? Yes. <laughs> it's, I've watched him practice many, many times over the years, and I'll never forget the first time I saw him at practice. I go, damn, this Trevor Simeon. I mean, I didn't even study him during the offseason. I never thought he'd be a pro. And, of course, who's watching Northwestern games? Right. And I'm watching – I'm actually standing next to John Elway. And I said something to him finally, and John Elway goes, oh, yeah, he's the best thrower every day. I mean, you know, I, you know, he kind of said, he said it knowing that he had Brock Osweiler sitting out there, a high draft pick. They wanted him to be the guy. And there's Trevor Simeon just going out to practice each day, just doing, doing throwing the football better than everybody else. Right, right. 
All right, so then the other thing we dad, this is where we got into last night when yeah, I asked Dad to do this. Do this, right? We got into the whole offensive line play. First of all, both of us are annoyed with the fact that everybody in football doesn't like that the games are in high scoring and it's not forty-two to thirty-eight, and the quarterbacks aren't all throwing for four hundred yards, which drives us crazy. And I know that drives Dad crazy. We're old school. I mean, Dad grew up in a time where you know Daryl Green and company could hold a receiver and pu- punch him in the chest five times when he was twenty yards down the field. And then Dad had to sit there and get killed by Charles Mann or Dexter Manley because of it. But that's the way it was. It was done. But Dad, I think where we need to go off, we we, we went into an offensive line play, right? And right. of course, the college thing where that's hurting us. Uh, but then I thought you had another take, and just as far as the talent level, right, on between both sides of the ball, and then where maybe this has to go. That's I think that's oh. where we should go here. Well, listen, there's, do you think there's a talent gap between defensive linemen and offensive linemen? Mm. I mean, these defensive linemen now, every game I watch, I have to go get, look up and go, who in the heck is that? Right. And the guys, just think about the draft this year, how many defensive players there were in the draft. And, and it was a thin year for offensive linemen. So, and, and I said this on Showtime. I go, you know who plays offensive line? Guys that are not capable of playing on the defensive line. Right. And we're getting size and we're getting speed like we've never seen from defensive ends and even 320-pound you know, tackles right. that are so talented. And so the talent differential is so big, how can you expect these offensive linemen and tackles to hold guys out as long as we want them to? Right. And the passing yards and all the other stuff you talk about, you know what's happened? Everybody's gotten used to all the little bubble screens and the quick throws and, oh, uh, you know, Johnny so-and-so is really accurate today. He's 17 of 20. Well, he threw 15 behind the line of scrimmage. Right. It's gone. Those if you really think about it. going now. Yeah, you're right. You, and he's right. When he said that, I was like, you know what, Dad? You're you're really right because I've watched almost every game on film the first two weeks. All those bull crap plays that, we saw, that we saw Peyton Manning doing the first year he's in Denver. And yes. those kind of, they, they do not exist because the NFL has adjusted. Or, or the Green Bay game where they get penalized for it. Right. The referees well, they got, Yeah, unfortunately, they did deserve that. But you yeah, know, they were bullshit. So, so you got that going, and then look, the college football game. I just yeah. heard somebody on TV, of course, they're college football announcers. Oh, the college football game is so much more exciting than pro football. I go, well, it puts me to sleep. It's, it's throw another screen, throw a slant, throw a hitch. Oh, let's, let's, oh, the RPO. Oh, if I have to hear RPO one more time, I'll stick myself. All right. And I'm sitting there going, what the hell is RPO? Oh, run pass option. Oh, yeah, bring that to the NFL. That'll really work because, you know, they, could, they can't handle that. Uh, How long did it take the NFL to adapt to the zone read? I kept watching other commentators on TV going, it's unstoppable because you can't do it. Where, where's that gone? How's that working out for the NFL? The NFL adapts to, like, the screen game. The zone read, all this, whatever you want to call it, not trick play. Phil, you know how fast the NFL adapts? The Patriots had the Chiefs run a vert with a running back against them in week one, and then they turned around and ran it against the Saints in week two. They adjust immediately. It's part of their playbook now. It's a listen. Well, a lot of people usually copy a lot of things that the Patriots are doing. The problem is the Patriots have like – 500 plays and everybody else is out there trying to run you know 50 plays yeah, so exactly. it really is that way and i can't wait to watch the game i didn't get a chance to really pay attention to it like i wanted to but yeah the nfl it's amazing 
I was tell I don't know if I was telling Christopher this or not last night. I watched the Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Right. And and it was like, gosh, this is so refreshing. I mean, the, the quarterbacks, Jameis Winston took a seven-step drop. You know, I didn't know you were still allowed to do that in the NFL. <laughs> and and in, in, in every football, he's throwing down the down field. The field. Right. It's big comebacks, it seems. And, and if you're a defensive back, the night before you play Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're not going to sleep well. Because between Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, they are running down the field. Deshaun Jackson probably can't believe it. And he just got he got behind the defense twice, yeah. and missed by a foot for having two touchdowns. Right, but there's and, and Chicago too. Chicago's an old style, throw it down the field, run the football hard offense. And I said this a while. I really think it's coming back to the league to that because as it's I tell many people, you can only trick them and dick them so much. Sooner right. or later, you got to just be a man and throw the ball and run the ball. <laughs> there so. you go. So now they know why I'm your son, okay? That's, they're all laughing because they feel like they're listening to me here. Um, we're going to cut you well, off. we don't agree on everything, but we do agree on quite a few things. We do. That way. We do. All right, so save it. Save it for the podcast. We're calling you next week. I Don't want to. Don't go down another wormhole. We're done for now. That, All right. I, I got more. No, that's it. You that's it. We'll it. call you next Wednesday. Save it for the podcast. That's what we say. Shut right, up. I'll try to be. I'll try to be really friendly next week. All, All right. right. See you, All you right. big fucker. <laughs> I thought he was going to say something. He didn't. Even know I that. hope your dad comes on that angry every week. <laughs> there are so many things that he said. You literally just said trick him and dick him on Monday, All right? And then, the, so his voice. Those you, are football. You can do the. Oh man! Oh, God, maybe I can oh, get him on the screen. <laughs> yes. Unbelievable. Yes. I was yes. dying laughing when he was talking about RPOs. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh! I know uh, that was perfect. That was great. Yes. He needs that. He does. He needs. Me. He needs five to ten minutes. It's going to be more ten you minutes. You can see. Yes. Phil, uh, Chris. Chris looked at me. He's like, "I'll cut him off." I was like, "Yeah," because I don't know where to jump in. I'm here. also picturing your dad in the stands at Giant Stadium being oh, like that's a so pop amazing. Warner dad, but just for the NFL of just saying everything that's wrong. Oh, I, mean, that, I can't watch. Listening. I can't watch games right. in a bar or a stadium. I can't imagine Phil, who really knows what's going on, be like, "Oh, you didn't think most of it's good." You, 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 like, <laughs> unreal. Yes. Yeah. He's. Uh, He's when he has a little audience and people start to talk football with him, he will start to teach you Just football. Just ham it up, let him right. All right, so we knew Big Phil was coming on. Also, Sims texts me things that he has to talk about. It's called Sims texted me, and we have to talk about him. Uh, first one you wrote RG three and the Shanahan's. So Santana Moss said RG three was celebrating the Shanahan's firing, and then RG three came out and said, "Listen, I put was put in an impossible situation with a coach who never wanted me. Made players like Santana Moss a believer." through hard work and film study. Coach wants out, says he wants out, says he never wanted me as his quarterback, and I get blamed? Come on, man. I have been the good soldier. Man, that's for see. He's just not being real with himself. That's what bothers me about that altogether. And really, that's what kind of bothers me about him in general as well. He's just not a real dude when it comes to stuff like that. Santana Moss, on the other hand, I could tell you is as real as they come, okay? He doesn't care who you are. If you act uh, in a baby manner, he's going to call you a baby, and that's what RG3 is. I mean, is he kidding me with that? Yeah, maybe the Shanahan's didn't want him. Sure. 
They invented an offense that the, that the NFL had never seen before and made him Offensive Rookie of the Year, okay? So that is crazy talk, and we all know that him, his issue, I don't care whether the – everybody knows in football, it's part of the reason he's not in football right now. So he's for a him to say that, he is. He's a BSer, and Hugh Jackson tried to give him every benefit of the doubt last year. Then why didn't Hugh take him back too? Why isn't he on the roster? Tell me yeah. why. His his lack of play is the is the re, it speaks enough. It's everything. Right. Uh, again, our second amendment is Kyle Shanahan is our favorite coach in the NFL. Yes, and because of that, I have to get in a Kyle Shanahan story okay. every single week. Okay, story this week. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan is going to be sleeping at the office this week to get ready for the Rams on Thursday. Don't Damn. think it's every night. But some of the night, damn. There's no, there's nothing more that lets you know I'm ready to the fight than a coach sleeping at the office. Well, it, it, it is. He's a guy that you know he works long, long hours, but he does like to go home at some point and just sleep in his own bed, even if that's for four or five hours. Uh, so, but there's other things. It's a Thursday night game, right? Yep. And then what's the other thing? It's Sean McVay. So it's Kyle so, Shanahan versus Sean McVay, they, they, his former two, QB right, coach. New, yes, they're, so they're both competing for offensive mind of the year. Yeah, they're competing against each other, no doubt about it. They both became head coaches this year, so one they get along. Steve don't get me Kerr, wrong. The other one's Derek Fisher, but they're yeah, they're both offensive minds, and yeah, they both want to get off on each other. I get it. Whoa. That's language. And then get off offensively. There you go. Uh, we have two questions that are both kind of about <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. Uh, first one is uh, Ryan Clippert, best podcast out there. Uh, if someone told me there's a better podcast than this one, I would have to say Sims, negative Ghost Rider. Question for <laughs> Sims, since it involves his BFF and my team's new head coach, out of the top quarterbacks in the draft, Rudolph, Rosen, Allen, Darnold, who fits best into Shanahan's offense? Ooh, uh, that's a good one. I'm going to say I, – I, hmm. I, my two favorite are are still uh, Rudolph and the kid from Wyoming, Allen. Those are the two guys that I like. I think you've watched are, all of them. I have. Now I haven't studied them, but yep. I've watched them enough to feel good about. Uh, Allen and Rudolph are the best throwers and combination of athlete as well. Darnold, Darnold. I want to say Darnold. Darnold. I still just got to see more. I'm not in love with what I see with Darnold. Darnold. I good. like him in the game. Right. He's, He's a, a baller. Player. Makes things yeah. happen. Right. But. I, I don't the think he's on motion, a level. The arm strength. Yes, it's yeah. all not up to those other guys. Those are the guys. Like, did you see Mason Rudolph this week against Pitt? I mean, those were some big time plays, athletically and arm wise. I heard you say at Pitt, and then I didn't care. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Uh, Jacob seventeen. This is his second five star review. Well, Lamar Jackson's going to come out too, but I don't think that that's was a rough fit. game the other night. It yeah. Was... Well, that's why. Again, let's pump the brakes on that kind of stuff, right? Like, if he can't run away from Clemson. He ain't running away from Seattle. He could or, run away from Clemson. Well, yeah, to a He degree. had a few runs where he like made people's ankles sure, fall Sure, sure, yes. You'll have to study the film. Uh, Jcab17, if it came down to it, how much would it take for Sims to be Shanahan's quarterback? Uh, it's just not even – I don't even think I can hold up anymore, seriously. I'm like the guy that's at the gym doing a 30-minute warm-up and uh, trying to like maintain my right hip and lower back What about mobility. Matt Sims? Oh, man, I wish Matt would go there. I mean, I wish. I wish he would have taken him out there. The other question he asked was, if Hoyer goes through another game without a touchdown, should fans expect for his benching in favor of the rookie Beathard? Yeah, I think it could be certainly coming on the horizon. I do. I, and now Kyle's going to want to make sure he performs well, um, but I, I think you're gonna, you can't do it to him this week with right the Rams. No, maybe the Cardinals because you'll have extra time uh, after the Thursday night game. But then you look after that; it's the Colts. 
Uh, but I, I do. I think you know somewhere between now and week eight, you're going to see Beathard in the game. Especially if they can keep getting this running game being successful. Right. All right, the other thing that you texted we had to talk about was the Patriots are driving the price down on Malcolm Butler. Yeah. I looked. I typed in Malcolm Butler into Google, and these were the first three things that popped up. Mm-hmm. Is, ba- is Butler headed towards a split with the Patriots? Malcolm Butler's reduced role stands out in Patriots win. Be prepared, Patriots fans. They're going to trade Malcolm Butler like Jamie Collins. I don't know if they're going to trade him. Listen, he didn't start last week, right? First time not starting in 38 games. I mean, which there's nothing in his play. I mean, the big plays in the past game, if anything, you could blame on Gilmore in week one against Kansas City, okay? Right, he messed up on the Tyreek Hill play. Right, on the zone play. It really had more to do anything, again, with, I think, the matchup of the Saints, right? The Saints really have they had the big receivers in Michael Thomas. And I heard Ninkovich say this is probably just motivation. Uh, and, but, but I don't really get it. And, it, again, you know, I would like to know where the story came from. Did like the press actually find out, or that somehow like somebody call from the Patriots? Like, hey, well, I'm curious how many snaps he played because so that's available he, to press. He played, and you can look he at played snaps. a good amount, um, but uh, and here's the the tape for you right here, just to show he didn't just didn't start. Uh, but I think what bothers me more than anything, this is what the Patriots do. This is why Malcolm Butler, I think, don't think should have came back this year. He should have held out and made them force their hand or just don't play in general because. Um, now it's out there that he didn't start, so oh, now everyone's going to go. Ooh, New England, New England doesn't think he's that good, or what's going on there? So they're already in the process of doing what they do. They're magicians. They drive down the prices of guys on their team, other than they're so obvious that they can't deny it, right? Uh, whether it was like a Devin McCourty who got or paid. Dante Hightower, right? Or it's Tom very Brady. rare, right? Where they just can't even they can't do that, and um, that's what they're going to do to Malcolm Butler. They're going to try to screw him over. But if if they're going to re-sign him as a free agent, then it would make sense to drive the price down so you pay less for him. That's, that's, that's what he's saying. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to try to trade him. He should I think be on that's the field. what people are saying. Okay, I just think that doesn't make any sense. If they're going to try and trade him, shouldn't he be out there yeah, balling out? I don't out? think yes. they're going to trade, trade him. I think they want to keep him, and they're showing him like we could win without you. Gotcha. And that makes now sense. people yes. will start to catch on that we are kind of okay without you. Yep. And and now your market price on the outside in the free agency world is not going to be what you think. That's why Bill doesn't let players talk about other players and wax poetically because he's going to say to them in a team meeting, "Who the fuck? You, who the fuck made you the team spokesman?" That's what he's going to say to that player in front of the whole team. So yeah. they nobody ever knows really who's playing awesome unless you break down the film or it's so obvious and you go, "Man, Devin McCourty's everywhere. He makes every tackle and he intercepts passes and plays." corner yeah then you can't deny it belichick is so diabolical oh he's diabolical like i i think it's it's crazy because we're the players podcast yes. but at the same point i get it to I be know. the gm and the head coach right. and go you know what i can limit him 15 snaps a game not start him and then improve my free agency mm-hmm. he's just got the machine going he does uh let's do some nfl numbers shall we number one because he's the greatest quarterback of all time aaron Rodgers. Yeah. how many pick sixes has he thrown in his career oh, sims gosh it's not a lot i'm gonna say oof man like three one that was the only that, oh, no, did, that, that one, one didn't count as a fumble I'm sorry Aaron Rodgers has thrown one pick six in his career Brett Favre threw 35 I mean what when was the pick six do you have the I specific? don't know I didn't look it up that would be interesting to know actually when the pick six is because I can't on remember it. It. On it other thing is I mean listen Again, the fastest of 300 touchdowns. That's what we're going to get to. Okay. iTunes comment from Kodama78, only football podcast I listen to. I'm a huge Packer fan, so I obviously love Aaron Rodgers. Can you wax poetically on Aaron Rodgers reaching 300 touchdowns with 600 less attempts than the next guy, Manning? Also, he only has 73 interceptions compared to the next guy, Brady, who has 115. Would love to hear Sims' thoughts. We did this a while, right. a while ago, and that like the numbers and how amazing it was. Yeah. But now that he's 
hit it. It's it, unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Again, it's just it, it's very rare to see a guy who can make as many aggressive plays right down the field with his arms scrambling, all those type of things, and still go, damn. He's an unreal decision maker, too, and takes care of the football. It just speaks to his talent. It speaks to his ability to think on the fly. Uh, and that's what is amazing because Brady is amazing from that standpoint as well, where, you know, again, he can make aggressive throws down the middle to a Gronkowski and, and take care of the football consistent through the game. Yeah. And Rodgers has done that with, what, 30 less something interceptions? I mean, it, it's truly amazing. And again, he's just an amazing player. The pick six came in 2009. Packers, Buccaneers, uh, Green Bay's up 28 17, 12 minutes to go in the game. Rodgers overthrows Donald Driver and Tenard Jackson. Man, T Jack. And they're wearing the Creamsicle uniforms. Oh, That's how yeah. long ago that I was. I kind of remember the play now. That was I do. eight years ago. Man. I think the thing is, too, is with Rodgers, is you think about those other guys, Manning, Marvin Harrison, Edger, and James, all that stuff, uh, Tom Brady, yeah. Josh McDaniels, all the offensive minds. He's be- he is really Dan Marino with the Super Bowl ring. Yes. He's kind of been doing it by himself with right. all athletic talent. The difference is, is I think Rodgers is more mobile than Dan Marino. Right. And I think that he's more of a gamer than Dan Marino. Right. And his body has lasted the, the, the test of time better to where he can still be a, a primetime player. Another NFL number. L.A. fans. Chargers had 25,000, a little bit more of that, fans yep. on Sunday. The Rams announced they had 56,600, and they did not no have that way. many. And it was still about two to 3,000 less than the amount of fans that were at the USC-Texas game on Saturday. This is a quote from the L.A. mayor, yeah. Eric Garcetti. We're certainly happy to have the Chargers in L.A., but I think we would have been just happy with just the Rams. Wow. We would have been happy with just the Rams. Wow. That's yeah. unbelievable. Well, I, again, I mean, you know my thought with that. I mean, we couldn't they get one team to work signs. in L.A., and we're going to go two. That was stupid anyways, to have two teams. Uh, yes, and USC is still king of that town, and there's a lot of Texas exes down there in that part of the world. Like, So you're going to have – like people. that's one thing people always talk to me about, the national championship game when VY and them beat Vincent? USC. Yes. Yeah. When, when – I talked to people at that game, and there it is. That game's in Southern California at the Rose Bowl, and anybody who was there would tell you there was more Texas fans in that stadium than USC fans. We actually have an iTunes comment about this. I wasn't even thinking about DRW613. Why wouldn't Texas go for two after the touchdown, putting the game at 23-24, to uh, just to start a draw, like, wh- like, why not try and end the game? Oh, I-, I did think of that. If too. you saw that game on Saturday, I did because I just thought, man, the longer this game goes, Texas uh, was clearly the least talented. Yes, team. exactly right. I mean, the other thing too that I mean, it doesn't speak well to the Texas fans when they went up by three late. Did you hear them singing "Na na na na, hey hey goodbye"? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what? I just wanted to be like, let's pump the brakes on there. It's college football. 45 seconds is a ton of time, and Sam Darnold's pretty freaking good. Man, you're such a Notre Dame homer now. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Uh, And here is the last NFL number that I think is truly incredible, the Joe Thomas streak. Joe Thomas has now played in more than 10,000 straight snaps. The number at first, you go, oh, that's pretty ridiculous, whatever. It's not the consecutive game started like Eli Manning. Here's what I don't think people realized. He played through a grade two LCL tear, three MCL strains, 
two high ankle sprains, which means that he tore his ACL and then didn't even go out for one play. He didn't even miss one play of them going, does this hurt? Does that hurt? He literally waved the people off and said, I'm going to play on this bum knee. There was one time where they tried to pull the starters towards the end of the game about five years ago. He said he had the presence of mind to know that what he was doing was special and he kept that guy out. But to not miss a snap, to not forget a helmet or tweak an ankle or all that, to never miss a snap. Is that more impressive than the Ripken streak? I, to me, it is. And because the Ripken story, one, there's always the stories about him just showing up to get the start right. and then out. But you don't miss a play. No. I mean, at left tackle, this day and age in the NFL with the craziness of the game, the defensive linemen we just, you know, my father just spoke of, how crazy they are, how talented they are, that just some bad luck didn't happen. Um, He's he's part caveman. That's the way, when you see him. And of course, you go, oh, okay, I get it. This is why Joe Thomas is Joe Thomas. One of my favorite dudes too. I mean, when I've had to cover Cleveland games and go out there, I mean, he, you always ask to talk to him the day before the yeah. game. He's so fun and honest. Right. Really understands the game. Uh, truly amazing. I mean, it really is. I I I, can't, I don't. That's one of the most impressive records in sports. I really. I've it, to me like it's the snaps. It's when I really thought about wow. What this means is nothing took him off the field, right. even though there's a million reasons to come off the right. field. You know, you know the one thing we didn't really say about my dad's thing, just that sure. the D lineman being so much more talented. I just want to say this real quick, and let's keep out. Of course, who's going to be the team that's going to change it? Who's going to be the team that's going to start going? Man, this guy is a borderline NFL defensive tackle the in Eagles college. Eagles tried it this year, and they're going to start moving them because the Eagles, that's what I think. The gonna Eagles have to do. took the defensive lineman Taylor Hart right. and tried to play him at left tackle, right. and I believe he's on their practice squad. So that's but that I mean. was their first thing: is they went, "Let me try this D lineman at offense." Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of jumps the curve there and finally starts to go. You know what? Because yeah, I bet you, Ashawn Robinson is a high schooler. They were like, he would be a hell of a left tackle, right? No doubt about it. There's a ton of them. Certainly, the only problem there is going to be what I've always told you. I mean, offensive linemen are very smart. They're definitely, as a whole, smarter than the defensive line's yes. side of the ball. It's no disrespect. It's just the way it is, and the D-line's usually more freaky athletic. All right. It is now time for Sims rants about nature, the ecosystem, and the earth. <sighs> I This is a hard one for me because yeah. people love it. Right. But um, what, you don't love it? I'm giving you two minutes. I, this is the name of the segment. Right. The new name of the segment is Sims gets two minutes to rant about the environment and Lefko quietly dies inside worrying that people really listen to us for football. That's the, na- the name of the segment. Okay. So I'm going to remind you of the things that you want to talk about. Yeah. Nashville and Hong Kong, which right. I don't know what that means. Right. Representative Lamar Smith, Mexican earthquakes and fracking. Gosh, I don't even know if I'll get into all of it, but really, all real so quick. So ready? Set. This Go. is Sims gets two minutes to rant about the environment, and Lefko quietly dies inside, worrying that people just want to hear about football. Ready, uh, set, go. Okay, shut up. All right, you go there. So this is, a, I mean, global warming's real. Okay, we know that. Ninety nine percent of the scientific community agrees with that. I mean, more We've than heard this before. Keep okay, going. great. So this is what drives me crazy too. Again, I, I lived in Nashville. Nashville would have signs on the highway going, "Air quality really bad. Stay inside." Uh, hello. Uh, th- does that not a signal? But then I meet a woman uh, this week, right? And I live in you know Old Greenwich. Connecticut, yes. a lot of rich white people, right, who can live all over the world. One of them just came back from Hong Kong. They've been living in Hong Kong for the last five years. One of the greatest cities on the planet, right? Yeah. Oh, they have days there where they are not allowed to go outside. The kids are not allowed to play sports because there is problems with the air quality. Mm. So it, I, I guess it 
it's going to have to hit one of our major cities for us, like for everybody to I start. I think to LA has it. It's called smog. Yeah, it's still not enough though to where it's making people. You stop got a minute there. ten. I Let's guess. talk about Mexican earthquakes well, and fracking. Do we know what fracking does? I mean, listen, I'm just going to say it again. I mean, fracking. We're digging into the planet, right? We're taking oil out. Maybe the planet likes oil. Maybe it needs it. I don't know. We don't. Do we know the Maybe answer? Maybe it's to like that? a lubricant. Well, right. Who knows? Maybe it's the blood of the earth. I don't Ooh, really know. Earth blood. But re- either way. Fracking. Okay, Mexico just passed fracking this year. This is the first year it's become legal Never to do it. Never done it before. Never done it before. It's legal. Oh, they've had the two biggest earthquakes ever. Okay. Uh, I mean, so there you go. Again. They're disrupting their earth. All right, next one. Representative Lamar Smith. Oh, he I just wanted to, he was a representative from down in Texas. He's an idiot who doesn't believe in global warming as well. And he touts fake news and it's on his website and he continues, even though it's been proven wrong that the news is fake. And the art the the, the Daily Mail who published one of these articles has a retreat it and said it's wrong. He still keeps it there. You're an idiot, Re- Representative Smith. Get the hell out of here. All right, you have 15 seconds. Uh, Anything 15 else? 15 seconds. Stop letting gas and oil run our planet. What the hell is going on? Gas and oil. They just want money. Screw them. And done. Seems Man. is felt good, right? Woo! You didn't need anything else. That was no, perfect. I think I got it all. Got it all. Uh, yeah. I think the reason it actually goes with football is Estadio Estadio Azteca, right. the stadium where the Pats are supposed to play the Raiders, yeah. suffered structural damage during that earthquake. Oh. Uh, the other thing that I want to say that I think is really funny is I want everyone to Google Representative Lamar Smith and I want you to tell me if he doesn't look like producer Josh's grandfather. <laughs> I don't know what producer Josh's grandfather no, looks like. No, I'm saying if Josh was a oh. grandfather, he'd look like Representative Lamar Smith. I heard Lamar Smith and I didn't think he was going to look like this. Yeah, well, he does and he's... Would you say that looks like he doesn't old? Look, he doesn't looks look, like old producer. I mean, you know, no, sure. he doesn't look smart enough to be yeah. a part of the Fendrick. You don't. Clan. This, you don't think this is like guy save it for the podcast? No, oh, it's not. No. no. Okay. Sorry. Right, do we get any football to talk about, or are we yeah, done let's here? Go. Good. That was good. That was great. That was two minutes where Sims talks about the you environment. Not cut out that early shit either. I'm telling you. All Josh. right. Yeah, we'll talk. I think it was okay. Yeah, we'll talk. All right. Now it is time <laughs> yeah, we'll for talk. Sims's film notebook. Sims goes through and watches Ooh. every film in a dark room. He gives me his notes. I figure out what cursive words he's actually writing and then find little nuggets to share with all of you. Fendrick gave me some advice on Monday night and I'm ready to use it. Number one thing that caught my attention, you wrote down, Goff just makes no plays. He's not even on the same planet as Wentz. Almost every throw is off target. Yeah, Goff was very uh, discouraging watching that film. It was not impressive. Um you know, even the throws that I thought like early in the week where I was just like, you know, if people are open and he's hitting them and I watched it, no. He, he's not no. always hitting them. And it's inaccurate when he does hit them at times, like whether, whether the Cooper Cup where he falls down and the ball's not even still close to him. Either way, he fell down. But regardless, yes, when you just watch the game, they're still managing golf. They're, they're, not, they're scared of golf, what he might do in the red zone. But he's not even on the same play. Again, it just justifies a Carson Wentz. You should be so happy you have him because mm. he is literally carrying your offense. They have weapons around him out there with a good offensive coordinator. I would say they're uh, Does it make more, you more impressed with McVay? Uh, Yes and no. McVay's doing as best as he can with them, and he's trying to get the run game going, all that. But, yeah, he's got to manage Goff. Goff is not able to make any 
wow or jaw-dropping plays or really just above-average NFL quarterback, starting quarterback play. And let's do a little self-scouting because in the preseason, you were very excited about Jared Goff. I, I was. And, you know, again, hey, preseason, uh, he made some big throws down the field. It is vanilla coverages. But now there's pressure and people aren't open all the time. And it looks different. And you got to make something happen from time to time. One thing, big thing, like Robert Woods had a touchdown that he dropped at the end of the game. Uh, Remember this play? Did yes. you see it? Robert Woods. I mean, first of all, he's wide open, okay? Now, Goff is running to his right, which he's a righty, so he should be able to throw a pretty decent ball. But he throws the ball behind Woods, and then even into that, he throws a knuckleball wobbler, which, is, of course, is really hard to adjust to, which I know not everybody's played receiver and realizes that, but it's hard to adjust to. It does makes it hard to catch, and then, of course, it became a bang-bang play in the end zone because it was a wobbler and the defender got back into play. Second Sims film notebook that made me go, whoa, 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 big I knew notebook. You're gonna pick that one, one. Whoa, big notebook. Number two, Ryan Shazier is the best middle linebacker Woo! in the NFL. Man, Ryan Shazier just he allows that defense to do things that most defenses can't do because he is just the ultimate, you know, uh, cleaner upper. Yeah. They do stuff where gap integrity is not necessary. Like you go, like man, wait, they avo- they voided like two gaps over on the right side, and he's got enough speed and athletic ability to go in and clean up the trash. He's amazing sideline to sideline. Uh, if he could just stay healthy, he's going to prove to everybody that he's the best middle linebacker in football. He just hasn't been able to do that. He flies. I mean, flies. It's unbelievable how he runs people down. Man, I remember when they took him and they're like, "What are we gonna? What are they gonna use him?" Man, for? I mean, he's four three speed at middle linebacker. The last Sims film notebook that yeah. made me go, "Whoa, big notebook!" Mm-hmm. Raiders pushed around Jets D line. They can push around anyone, and they can play whatever style they want to. Yes, Raiders are. Uh, an unstoppable force on offense. They can beat you however they want. Um, th- because of their offensive line size and because of Marshawn, they can go, oh, we can play the slow it down, just smash it down your throat game. They can play, hmm, when you can't run it good inside, well, we got speed get- speed backs to where we can block on the edge now because we have two good tight ends that can do that on the edge. Um, they can go, we can throw it deep and bombs away with Crabtree and Cooper and Cordaro Patterson. And then they can also go, oh, you took away the deep pass well we can kill you with the underneath stuff too with the two tight ends and the backs out of the backfield so they are a yeah they're tough man they really are the offense is awesome I even like what they did with Cordaro Patterson playing him at running back he had a few other runs in the game too like he can legitimately do it like if Randall Cobb can do it Cordell Cordell Montgomery yeah I mean Ty Montgomery excuse me yeah they he can do it too I mean he's not afraid of like oh the linebackers coming I'll lower my shoulder and take the hit and maybe fall forward two to three more a natural position for him it really is you're right, because he doesn't have to think as much. as just react and run. There was one iTunes question about the Raiders, Howie G44. Uh, Lynch just doing Lynch. Yeah. Two of the realest dudes doing it. Uh, thanks for the banter and the cursing and all that. Would love to hear your breakdown of Gary and Conley's first game. Yeah, it looked really good. Um, there was a few moments where guys might have got open, the ball didn't go his way, but special ability he really does for a first game too where a guy where I go his legs are not underneath him yet you're not seeing his full capabilities he's nervous he's not totally in playing shape yeah. but the one play that'll jump out just to tell you the frame of mind he has and where he's at you remember uh like one on one on an island jumps up swats it with his left hand and almost tries to knocks it to his safety to the safety that just tells you that he is 
like not he's your so normal in rookie. Control right. That he's, he can think in advanced moves. Right, and it's not too big for him. It's I, I have a Lefko sprinkle here. Yeah. Uh, you know where Bill Musgrave is? He's the quarterback coach for Denver. Yeah. And I think that's an aspect of the Denver offense that we weren't thinking about is not only is it Mike McCoy, yeah. but you also have Bill Musgrave no there, doubt. who I did think did a good job he did. in Oakland. Yes. And it's good to see him there. Yes. All right, now it is time to do the celebration of the week. Yeah. Remember, we are going to do this every single week until we have the celebration of the year. And because it is a ranking system, if they, they none of them beat the number one from last week, then the number one from last week stays. The number one from last week was Stefan Diggs doing the Millie Rock, which was this move. Right. The three ones that we have for today as submissions are, number one, the Steelers' dice game. Hot hand in a dice Here, game. Here's, if you if you don't remember it, I do. Schuster, Martavis Bryant, Le'Veon, they all get in a circle, they do the dice. I like Schuster. Okay. Other one, Kareem Hunt, after his 53-yard touchdown run, or his second touchdown, took a nap on the ball. Good one, too. Because the people were sleeping on him. And the other one is Falcons-Packers, Devontae Freeman, shot into his offensive lineman's arms, right. a basketball. Moving arms, so it did, he didn't hit the shot, really. He didn't hit the shot. So, <laughs> Steelers playing dice, Kareem took a nap, Falcons-Packers, Fa- Devontae Freeman shooting the ball. Yeah. What is your number one from this week? I'm going to I mean, it's either Steelers or Kareem Hunt right off the bat. Okay. I love that the Steelers got the team involved and... The the dice go on a lot in NFL locker rooms, so okay. that is a really cool aspect, and I'm sure that crew has shot dice together. That's so why they were number natural. one celebration. Is Kareem Hunt. Your number one is Kareem Hunt. I'm gonna go with Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I think that was really cool. Him taking a taking a nap on the football. I like that. Now, yes, Kareem Hunt right. versus Stefan Diggs doing the Millie Rock. Yeah. What is your current number one celebration through two weeks? I'm going Kareem Hunt sleeping on and the ball. And your new number one celebration through two weeks. Congratulations, Adam Lefko's fantasy player. Kareem Hunt is now the number one celebration in the NFL. I didn't know I get to be the judge of that. You are wow. the judge because you know what? Right. You You're the about, only one that scored a touchdown in the NFL. There's on that. This and yeah, you threw, <laughs> you threw the football in the cannon. That and when we first started doing the podcast, you hated celebrations. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You were a Grinch and you've come along. I have come along. So now I want to change me. All right, now MVP board. Yeah, we are doing this as well. We're yeah. not. It's not going to be quarterbacks every week. We're going to do updated MVP rankings. Last week, if you forget, you had Tyree Kill at number three. You had Calais Campbell at number two. You had Aaron Rodgers at one. You had Matt Stafford at four. Right. Who is your number three on the MVP board? Currently, number, you're factoring in what weeks one and two. I am number three, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is now in the MVP race. He is up to number three after big weeks against the Patriots and a two touchdown performance against yeah. the Philadelphia Imagine Eagles. Imagine if he wins the celebration award and the MVP wow. in the same season. Hell Special of a season year. so yeah. far. <laughs> number two of the MVP rankings. Number two, Matthew Stafford. Matt Stafford jumps from number four to number two on the MVP rankings after yes. a big performance against our. Arizona and the vaunted New York Giants defense. Which was real, and the stats aren't great, but I mean, that was suffocating defense. This isn't about stats. That's why we're doing it all year round, to avoid relying on stats. Right. And your current number one for the MVP is Derek Carr. Derek Carr was unranked last week, but after two weeks of lighting it up, one against the Jets and the other one against... Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans. Right. <laughs> I'm going to try to remember. Derek Carr is currently your number one. So it's Carr, Stafford, Kareem Hunt. Yes. Those are, they're, they're balling right now. But, yeah, I think Carr, Stafford, those two games together, when you take them as a whole, especially Carr. I mean, Carr is just 
Carr's one of my favorites to watch in football. He really is. I think just watching pure film, Roger Stafford and Carr are my three favorite quarterbacks to watch week to week. Awesome. Now it is time for Out of Lefko Field, where I bring you some weird nuggets, and you guys tell me if you like them or not. First one, I think that you should get fantasy points if your wide receiver creates a pass interference call. If Martavis Bryant goes down for a 50-yard catch and he gets pass interference, I should get a pass interference penalty. Yes. I, I, should, I, I should get a point for that. I agree. I agree. It's, it's what's being lost in translation with Pittsburgh's offense. When you watch them, man, do they throw the ball down the field, scares defenses, and you're right. That's bull crap. I mean, that should be more yards to their total offense, and you should get some points. Next out of Lefko Field, everyone's saying, Doug Peterson, you got to run the ball more. And I saw someone put out a stat that said they're 0-3 when they run less than 20 attempts, and they're 6-1 and when they rush more than 30 attempts. I've stolen this from Sims. Yes. Well, then in that case, let's just run 30 times and we're automatically going to win. Oh, like the first 30 plays. Oh, wait, that's not how that works. That stat is not indicative of anything. No. You typically run more when you're winning. Right. That's not real. Right. Don't pay attention to that. Agreed. To an iTunes comment, three three Eagles fan, best podcast out there, hands down. Question, do you believe in Doug Peterson? I have no doubt about Carson Wentz, but Doug worries the crap out of me. I I understand the worry. Uh I'm I'm uh, I'm very much on the fence. If I was going to be honest about it, I mean, yeah, the first two weeks are solid, but there's been some good and there's been some concern concerning uh, aspects as well. And we've talked about that. Just where mm-hmm. I felt like repeat calls and they're a little predictable in certain formations and defenses when they drop in zones against those formations to have people where you're trying to throw you that tells me you need to probably self-scout yourself russell wilson is being sued right now by a food company called eat the ball eat the ball is a food company that breaks that makes bread shaped like Footballs, basketballs, all that stuff. Sued by a pair of former employees who claim they haven't been paid since July. Out of Lefko Field, Russell Wilson started that crazy new diet on June 29th where he gave up gluten and wasn't eating bread. That's why I think you haven't been being paid because Russell Wilson hasn't been eating bread since July. Wait, so explain <laughs> this to me again. He this co- this is a company that I'm half joking here. Apparently, two employees are suing him because they haven't been paid, and I think it's because you're not getting bread because Russell Wilson hasn't been eating bread. That's my theory. I think there's there maybe something to that. I, don't I know. just you but man, us. he has a lot of money. He needs yeah. to pay. Uh, my other out of left go field, Marshawn Lynch danced. And it changed the culture of a of a of a city. Right. Like I was like, oh, that's cool. Marshall Lynch is dancing, and then I'm hearing quotes from players afterwards that are like, I've never seen anything like that before. The entire stadium shut down to watch him dance. Yeah. It's pretty crazy that a human being in the middle of seventy thousand other human beings dances, and everyone goes, look at that guy dancing. That's wild to me. Wild. He's one of their own, man. He really is. And he's he's uh he's special, man. He's a polarizing figure. He just got a coolness about him. I like, don't know if it's pol- I think he's polarizing the fact that like he's like a magnetic pole yeah. where you are drawn yeah, to him. Yeah, that yes, right. Maybe that's the better polarizing way to put it. Polarizing means that people hate him and I don't think anyone hates him. Yeah, you're right. Marshall I don't know Lynch. if anybody hates him either. Other he's than, magnetic. I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to say this. I know we're doing something at Bleacher Report with Marshall. Yeah, Lynch. we're doing a huge big series man, about it. Man, when addictive. we know more information about when it's coming out, we will let he you know. He's addictive to watch. He's funny as hell. And my last at a Lefko field is Saturday night. I'm watching college football and the only tweets i'm seeing are i love college football you can keep the nfl Mm. like your dad said that's why i thought it was funny why do i only have to watch one 
Why, why is there this competition where if you like the NFL, you can't like college football? I, I, I like college football because the schemes are so simple that I get to watch the best athletes go one-on-one. Yeah. And I get to watch lob balls. Right. But it is very boring to me, but I'm still going to watch it. Yeah, I'm with I you I just still. don't understand why college football people happens around March Madness. You can keep your NBA. Okay, then I'll keep LeBron and Russell Westbrook, and you can have the random Duquesne win right. in the first round and go, isn't this crazy? Yeah, but like, guess what? The next game in the tournament's going to suck yeah. because they're going up against North Carolina, and it's not happening. I get it. Look, I just I don't understand why people have to have a battle. Yeah, I don't, it. there doesn't need to be a battle. I mean, yeah, listen, college football is exciting. There's going to be big plays. I mean, you, like we've always said, there's a huge talent dispa- uh, discrepancy. you got guys who are going to be stars in the NFL playing against guys who are never going to do anything except be the second-string defensive lineman for the college team. Yes. So, they're, they're, of course, there's going to be big plays. Yeah, embrace the moment. Everything else, yeah. yeah have is, perspective. Right. All right, now we're getting to fans and iTunes comments. Uh, first thing we're going to do with fans is actually a producer Josh idea. Yeah. Little idea. We are going to do a swag bag giveaway. Oh, I so like this it. is some Bleacher Report gear, all that stuff. Josh is going to handle how it gets to you. But here's what we're going to do. If you go on Twitter and you tweet the podcast Sims and Lefko and you mention five of your friends and you say guys listen to the podcast here's a link if you do that we are going to put your name into a hat and we will pull your name out next week on the podcast on Wednesday and then if you win we are going to send you a swag bag of all this Bleacher Report gear but we want to get the Bleacher the Sims and Lefko podcast out there at last more at, out there more and I know that a lot of you guys are huge fans so why not so if you do that and you tweet at Sims and Lefko hashtag swag bag giveaway. Listen to oh, the you want to po- do a hashtag? I don't know. Yeah, yeah sure. Or li- just do listen to the podcast and you you mention five of your friends. Uh, we we are going to put you in the running. We'll make Sims pull the name out of the hat. Of course. Cool. Uh, all right, so we have a shout-out to Michael Jeffries. been li- listening since episode one. Thank you so much, Michael. Uh, some clarifications. Jake McDonald had a problem with your whole M&T stadium. From 2010 to 2012, M&T was louder than Arrowhead. Not anymore. Mm. Attendance has been a problem since Super Bowl forty-seven. Mm. I think he's down there in Baltimore. Right. Uh, Keon Monroe wanted to add, Stevie Johnson blamed God for dropping a pass versus the Steelers. Thank me later. Thank you now, Stevie Johnson. I do forget that an NFL player actually blamed yeah, God. Right. And Lucas Stamp- Stamfley, Lucas Stamfley, please ask your buddy Sims how the Giants are still ranked in front of our Eagles in his power ranking. Yes, they are. Um, it's cl- it was close, um, but so you, you guys, think the Eagles are going to lose this weekend. No, I think it's close. It's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting matchup, really, altogether. I don't even know who I'm going to pick in that game yet. I haven't Great. decided. Well, um, we'll find out in the pick show. But I do, I still, yes, I'm just putting the Giants ahead, I guess, because of the offensive talent to a degree, and that defense, I think, is going to be suffocating for your offense as well. Um, and the Giants have played the Cowboys Take and the, the better under. Detroit team. But, so it's just, it's, it was a tough one. Uh, Garrett Schmidt asked, would, who would you power rank at the top of the white boy Supremes? Ooh. We had a lot of people submitting Erickson to the Bengals as a white boy Supreme on Thursday Night Football. He's close. But who would you say is your number one white boy Supreme? Um, I think that's kind of an easy one, really, if, just off the top of my head. And you guys tell me if I'm missing anybody. But I still think number one in the WBS heavyweight championship holder of the world is Julian Edelman. Mm. 
I think he's who the takes ultimate. his crown with him being out. Uh, I'm like, man, I'm choking under the pressure here. Hold on, who are we missing? I know I'm missing people. I mean, you don't want to go like Carson Wentz. Quarterback is too nah, easy. Yeah, yeah no, you want a, no, a running back I want, or a receiver. Yeah, yeah. White boy Supremes or you Cole know, Beasley. Cole Beasley is definitely in that conversation. McCaffrey Cooper hasn't Cup. done enough yet. Ooh, McCaffrey. McCaffrey, yeah, he's in the club, but he hasn't done enough yet. Did we man, talk about Erickson? The man Humphreys. Uh, er- oh, Thielen on Minnesota game said, yeah, he might be. He's up there. Cooper Cup. Pull up the teams. Mac Pull up the teams. Just think about it. All right, I'm going, I'm going through them. Don't We're going to end with this, though. An instant- oh, we're over? So, no, well, no, you know, yeah. I have to still have to do iTunes comments. Someone hit me up on iTunes, uh, on, on Instagram, and had a random message that was like, hey, uh, Lefko, I just want to let you know that like um, I'm in like a weird drug-induced stupor right now, and you're the face of football for millennials. They should replace the Bleach Report logo with a chubby Lefko face. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, sorry, man, here's the, the short story long. I just moved to Dublin to work for one of these big tech, tech companies, and apparently Dublin is going through a housing stor- shortage. So amidst my desperation, I was scammed for 550 euros for what I thought was a deposit and the guy ran off. So I'm wallowing in my losses and I'm listening to your weekly pick show and I'm not sure if I should trust you guys because you you said that Eric Flowers was going to be a left tackle and I didn't trust you. So rather than going all in, I put a measly 10 euros down with your weekly spread on Moneyline. And I bet on seven different teams. Mm-hmm. He bet on these seven teams to win last week. Right. The Bucks, the Chiefs, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Steelers, the Broncos, and the Seahawks. The motherfucker hits oh. and wins 240 euros after all of our bets. I still didn't cancel out being scammed, but it gave me a huge smile after taking that big loss. And I'm relishing my win on a, a psychedelic drug last night. And I stumbled on some Bleach Report videos. And in my expanded mind state, I, st- I started thinking about how you guys have become the voice of football. Thank you for helping me recover a bit of my losses. We caused a guy to hit a seven-team money alarm parlay to recoup some of his losses from the, from the bets. Good. I'm glad we got you straight. Keep fighting the good fight, bro. Um, yeah, uh, listen. I just thought that was. I'm awesome. going to be wrong about certain players too. Yeah, I thought Eric Flowers could do it. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. I mean, I make a lot of bold statements in my life, so I'm going right. to be wrong every now and then. You can be wrong. Yeah. Why are you not more excited that we helped a dude get a 70 mile? <laughs> I'm, I'm self scouting myself. Man. All right. Let's get to the iTunes comments. One. Speaking of self scouting, uh, this one comes down to Falcons respect. Mm. Mac the Dirty Bird. I started listening two years ago when I went to basic training and I loved the pod. I couldn't listen when I was there, but I picked it up when I came back. I've been a huge pot fan ever since. One piece of criticism. I don't think y'all give my team, the Falcons, enough credit. The O-line hasn't been great yet, but there's too much talent. Our defense is getting better. We have the NFL MVP, the best wideout in football. I didn't even mention the defense with young studs like Neil and Deion Jones and, and Deavante Campbell and True and Vic and Grady Jarrett. Yeah. Love the pod. By the way, Lefko, NWA wasn't on death row. They were signed to Ruthless Records. Hashtag rise up. Self-scout. Yeah. You believe that the Falcons are the best team in the NFC. I do. And do you think we were too hard on the Falcons? Maybe. Uh, yes. This is where it is. I mean, I've said a lot of great things about their defense, so I hope people have heard that. Yep. I and mean, the defense is legit. Um, 
I I don't think that story's been told completely yet, but I will say they were certainly better last week. Um, it wasn't great against Chicago, so let's not let's not forget that. That's being lost in translation here just because now they beat Green Bay. Everybody forgets that. Yeah. And Green Bay was without their best defensive player. But, but either way, I just – Let's let's come back to that conversation like week seven or eight when everybody's gotten to study Steve Sarkeesian for a few weeks and then see where it goes from there. That's going to be the final test of time. But he has been better than I thought he would be through two weeks. All right, let's go to a compliment and then stuff about our picks. Marlo Fox, best football podcast out there. Prove me wrong if you got a different one. Sims has that deep analysis, obviously home from years of being a quarterback. He's got natural comedic savvy and comes off likable and genuine. Lefko is a professional broadcaster, lets him breathe, but reins him in when needs be. Wow. <laughs> yes, you do. Nothing, Not I sure I agree with that. I haven't heard anyone <laughs> say I cut you off. These guys make picks against the spread, which is the only way to do it. The podcast format is perfect. They pick every game and it's awesome. Uh, I wish Sims was a stock. I would invest. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, next one. These two are both about Bill O'Brien. This one is from Giles1994. Great podcast. Love having three episodes a week. I think Bill O'Brien is a good head coach, but I don't think he's a good OC. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Do you agree? Who would a good OC for the Texans be? Mm, I do agree with everything you said there, actually. I think he is a really good head coach. He understands the game. He understands his team and what the other team's strength and weaknesses are. Yes, he is a he is a beginner offensive scheme wise as far as like he just has the basics of the New England system. That's all he does. So yeah, I would agree to that. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's one of the best play callers in football. He's not, and he gave that duty away last year, if you remember, to George Godsey, and then he took it back at some point. So if I was going to go, guys that could be there, listen, there's got to be guys along the Arizona, uh, New Orleans, um, I'm not going to throw names out there, but they need to find, yes, a way to be a little more diverse in their offense, whether it's somebody from Kyle Shanahan's coaching tree or even McVay and that type of guy. But I agree. It's a very simple offense. Oni Sokian also commented and said, uh, I understand that he hasn't had the best luck with quarterbacks, but isn't he supposed to be a quarterback whisperer? After he left the Patriots, Brady got better. After he left Penn State, they've gotten better. After Fitzpatrick left, he had the best season of his career with the Jets. Do you think maybe it's his system is the reason people are underperforming. I do. I do. I think it's like I just like I just said, it's you know how I bag on the West Coast offense sometimes because some of those teams like the Giants, the Packers, the Seattle Seahawks run the basic version of it. Well, yes, Bill O'Brien Bill, o- Bill O'Brien runs the basic version of the New England system, which is also the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is also the Los Angeles Chargers, yes. which is also Bruce Arians and the Arizona Cardinals. He is the lesser version of that. Steve Vertson, speaking of OCs, love the podcast. Sims Who's the most underrated play caller in the NFL? People who don't get as much attention as McDaniels, Peyton, Reed, Arians. And is it true that West Right Slot 72Z Bingo, you split can with it with 58 Lexus, Apple 314, Hammer Duty, Hammer Dummy Snap Count on one is your favorite play? (laughs) Not my favorite play, but it was definitely one that was beaten. That's a real play? Yeah, yes. Yes, West Right Slot, 72Z Bingo, you split, can it with 58 Lexus, Apple it with 314 hammer, dummy snap count on one. Yeah. I thought he was fucking around. No, that was a real play. I probably said it on here. You probably weren't listening. Oh, and he like probably transcribed it. All Um, right, so under... That was awesome. (laughs) Thank you very much, Steve Vertson. But what do you think? Underrated OCs. Underrated OCs. The first guy... Dow Logan's. 
Dow would be one. I mean, he didn't say Kyle or Sean McVay, but they get enough. Yeah. Dowell and really the the main guy we're missing is Adam Gase. Oh yeah. Adam Gase needs to be in the conversation with the best play callers in the game. Anyone other than him? Um as I look through the teams, I think Mike McCoy is going to be in that conversation. Okay. And then after that, it, you know, the Raiders, Jim Bob Cooter, uh the Raiders OC, I'm Todd uh, Downing, Downing, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I was blanking on his name. Him um him, Todd Haley, and um Jim Bob Cooter would be those other guys that would say... Todd Haley doesn't get a lot of respect. No, th- I stuff. like what they do. They don't uh, blow me away, but they do everything. Uh, this one's about owners, rare honesty, and great nerdy breakdowns. C. Duff 24, what up, what up? I love how Sims is not afraid to go on a limb when ranking draft prospects. He's never afraid to be honest about teams, people, in the NFL landscape. You guys always talk about the big bad owners, but which owners, if any, are actually genuine? Mm. Thanks, guys. Yeah, okay. I know you like the Bucks guys, the Glazers. I do. I love the Glazers. I really like R- Mr. Kraft. I mean, I really do. I think Mr. Kraft is genuine. I think the Roonies are genuine. I think the Maras are genuine. Um, I think Steve Biscotti is genuine right off the bat, the, those guys. Ravens. Uh, yes, the Ravens. Um, after I go through that, Biscotti. Bashati, excuse me, sorry. Um, I'm trying to th- just looking at the teams real quick. Yeah, th- those are the ones I think that jump out to me more than any. I think I kind of hit hit them all. Really, I'm just going through the. AS- I've been liking Ziggy Wolf from Minnesota lately. Ziggy Wolf is pretty good. It's starting it, to grow on me. You know, I, he's, he's taking a stand on a lot of comments. And I've been liking it. I, I mean, you know, even the the owner in Carolina, I like him. Um, Kettle? No, yeah, it's no not Richardson. Kettle. Right, uh, Jerry Richardson. I, I do like Jerry Richardson. I do like Arthur Blank as well. Oh, I, I think Arthur yeah, Blank's fantastic. Phenomenal, right. Especially um, when everybody compliments him. And then, I mean, I got a lot of respect for Paul Allen because you don't even know he's the freaking owner of the team. He just stays there and watches the game and lets Pete do his thing. Unbelievable. All yeah. right, last one, AC Pod, best football podcast. I just recently got on a listening podcast, but as a delivery driver and a huge football fan, I'm driving for a large portion of my day, and the best days of my week are when you guys release new episodes. Which quarterbacks in the upcoming draft do you think best fit my Jets? Personally, I like the personality and mechanics of Josh Rosen. Yeah, Rosen's good. I don't think Rosen, again, is a guy – I don't think he's going to be – a top five or top ten pick, though. I really don't. When I watch Rosen, he's a good quarterback. Maybe he ends up being an NFL star, but I don't see like upper-level uh, physical traits and ability like I do from the kid from Wyoming and the kid from Oklahoma State. So maybe they do a Raiders and take maybe they could. in the first round or Khalil Mack in the first Something round. And, and get him Carl, early yeah. in the second or but trade who, up. Who do you like for the Jets the, and what they're trying to – we don't know their coach because I don't think Bowles is going to be there. Yes. If I was, but for New York. Yeah, for New York. And I think just if uh, – Rosen certainly can handle New York. There's no doubt about that. I, I think still – I don't know anything about the kid Allen or Rudolph, what they are off the field. But I think like if you're going to have Johnny Morton as your OC here in New York, which he's a good OC. He's if a they're guy, losing bowls, they're not going to keep the OC. They might. They might. It depends who gets hired as the head okay. coach. Because Morton is from the Sean Payton tree. He's pretty good. I, I don't have any problems with the Jets' offense and what they do schematically. He just doesn't have a lot of players to help him right now. But I do think a guy like Mason Rudolph would certainly fit in that again. I would say that again. There yeah. you go. Well, that's the thing is we need to see. Yeah. Because I also do get worried about Oklahoma State. Yeah, I get it. But I just, no, you know, I don't worry about it because I've seen enough to go it's not I'm the talking system. About personality. Yo, oh yeah, got you there. Sorry. Oklahoma State's are a little crazy. Yeah. No, I you just yeah, yeah. I just meant just like I thought you were saying system wise, right. is that helping him? And no, I, I think his physical ability is making the system this year. Episode one thirty two in the books. We're gonna be doing our pick show coming up uh, tomorrow or whenever you listen to. It's an on demand service. Uh 
Sims, Fendrick, it is fun as always for Chris Sims. Peace out, homies. For Josh Fendrick. Good night, everyone. Get on Twitter. Share this with five of your friends with our uh, Twitter handle. And Fendrick, we are going to send you a fan grab bag. I am Lefko. We love you as always. We're going to try and make you our mo- make you money with our pick show tomorrow. Be well, be easy, and good luck to your teams this weekend. Peace out.